welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Jeff Gaudet. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Runners Connect podcast. We're really excited on our show today to interview Matt Frazier, who's the author behind the blog, No Meat Athlete, which in addition to being a great resource about training in general, it's also one of the best blogs on the internet for vegetarian and vegan runners. On our show today, Matt's going to discuss the challenges he faced when he first started as a vegetarian runner, and he's going to share some super helpful advice for those of you who are thinking about going vegetarian, or any diet for that matter. Matt's also going to discuss some of the biggest myths he encountered and what he's learned since. Finally, Matt's going to provide some helpful tips for vegetarian runners about how to get enough complete sources of protein and to fuel your caloric needs. If you want to visit any of the resources that we mentioned in this podcast, you can visit our site at runnersconnect.net slash rc19. So without further ado, let's hear Matt's story. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, uh, to join us on our show and uh, share your wisdom. Sure. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So I did a brief introduction about you in the, in the, in the introduction before this podcast, but let's tell the audience in your own words about yourself. Um, let's get started with kind of your, running, your journey as a runner. Um, how did you get started, and, and how have you progressed over the years? And, and I know some of that's going to overlap with, with you becoming a vegetarian, but let's, uh, let's just tell your story. Sure. Yeah, I was uh, someone who always really hated running when I was a kid. Um, I just, you know, the mile run in gym class would be the day that I would dread all year. And then I quit several sports teams just because of the amount of running. I just hated it. And I thought, I'm not a runner. This isn't for me. Um, so I pretty much didn't do any running until college when I started kind of getting in shape and did some weightlifting and stuff. And my friends and I, who were, who were also into weightlifting, the friends who were into weightlifting with me, we decided that we wanted to lose fat. We'd been doing all this bulking up. So we were like, okay, well, let's run a marathon because if you if you run a marathon, then obviously you would uh, be doing plenty of cardio and you, you wouldn't be fat anymore. So we all decided to do it. And amazingly, the three of us who, who decided to actually did finish our marathon. Um, none of us were runners at all, but we just started doing it. Uh, everyone got some sort of injury in the process, but uh, managed to cross the finish line. So mine, I finished in 450-something. Uh, you know, I trained hard, but... Uh, you know, injury kind of just, just made it tough. Yeah. Um, so after that, it, I had some, sh- some shin problems, uh, like stress fractures, really, because the shin splints, I didn't know what I was doing. I just got shin splints, kept running through the pain. Mm-hmm. They turned into stress fractures. Um, so I, I really wanted to run a marathon after that first one because I felt like I could make up for that. And just I never really felt right telling people I had run a marathon because I walked so much like the last eight miles of it. Mm-hmm. So the next really, like, I guess probably six years of my life, no, not quite six, maybe four or five years, I kept starting training programs and then would stop because my shins would start hurting me um, or even some knee issues started happening. So it took me another four, at least four years before I ran another marathon. And I, I did that in uh, 350 or so because I, I figured out all these different things about what was causing the uh, shin problem. So I started like increasing my turnover and all these different things, running on softer surfaces, trying different shoes, just trying anything that might possibly fix it. And uh, once once I got that one, once I figured out how to do it, I kind of had this period of steady improvement, and I started running in 330s, 320s, and what I really wanted to do was qualify for Boston. Mm-hmm. That was a 310 at the time for me. Um, so I kind of got stuck at 320, couldn't really get much past that, and that was when I, this vegetarian idea came to me, not as a training 
idea, but just more of like an ethical thing. Uh, and, and it was kind of a big conflict, like, should I do it or should I not? Because I, I thought if I did it, it would kind of ruin my chances for ever qualifying to Boston. I had this mm-hmm. idea that it was going to be totally conflicting with, with any good training principles. Um, but I did it and then just decided I'm going to keep training hard and see what happens, and, and, it, and it worked out. So I uh, qualified six months later in, in 2009, and, uh, and then after that just kind of felt like I needed to take a break from fast running and training and just kind of I got into ultra running. So I've done two... 50 milers since then. Okay. And uh, my current goal is to run a 100 miler, which I think is going to happen this year. I've, I've set that goal several times before and it hasn't happened, but <laughs> feeling this time it will. No, that's great. Well, I appreciate you sharing because I think your story is, is definitely on along the lines of probably a lot of the audience members that are that are listening who, you know, didn't run at, at, you know, as a younger person and then got into running and then probably struggled with injuries like you did with your with your shins. Um, and you said, actually, let's let's go and touch a little bit about about that. Do you have shin problems now? Have you seemed to kind of fix everything? Or no, I yeah, I've been pretty much injury free um, since that. Since I figured that out, I, my shins got taken care of. Like really, the big I I'm pre- fairly certain that the big thing was increasing the the cadence or turnover rate. Okay. Because I was running much slower than than like the 180 or so that, that most people now recommend. Okay. Um, so that took care of the skin stuff. I still dealt with some knee issues on and off. Uh, but then after I went vegetarian, it, a lot of that all went away, and okay. I don't, you know, it's it's hard for me to like set, point to it and say it's definitely because of the diet. And I know some people would do that, but I'm I'm reluctant to to say it was any one factor. But uh, you know, I, I I did stop getting injured then, so and I've been lucky; I haven't had to deal with many injuries. Every once in a while, I'll have a little IT band thing, but mm-hmm. really nothing else besides that. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think when you're when you're running any good amount, especially if you're training for a hundred miler, I mean, there's always going to be some little niggle here and there that. Yeah. Yeah, that affects you, um, but yeah. you when you mentioned when you you decided to go vegetarian that it was a it was an ethical reason. Did I catch that correct? Yes, yeah, okay. that was a big part of it. Okay, um, so it wasn't it wasn't so much that you were actually looking to improve your performance um, in the marathon by thinking that going vegetarian was the way to go. Um, it, you actually probably what most people think before they they start to do, go vegetarian or to to live a vegetarian lifestyle is that it was going to hurt your running. Yeah, exactly. I. I... It was not at all about getting faster for me. It was I, I did think that there was I'd kind of become convinced from a couple of different sources that it could be a good long term thing for health. That mm-hmm. just general health would probably improve if I did this versus the way I was eating. Which and I wasn't eating bad. I just you know, I ate a lot of chicken breast on the grill, probably a very standard runner's diet. I mean mm-hmm. I ate what seemed like healthy food, a lot of starchy carbohydrates, um, a lot of chicken breasts, some mm-hmm. lean steaks and things like that. Um, so I thought I thought I would improve my health by going vegetarian just because I'd be getting so many more vegetables and probably mixing up my diet and branching out more. Right. But uh, as far as you know, training, I thought I thought that was could be the end of the Boston Marathon journey for me. Right. Um, but but figured because of the ethical pull that I had just started to feel in the past you know the year or so before that, um, figured that it was worth it. And like I said, I had also kind of plateaued. Like it wasn't like I was still taking <clears throat> ten and twenty minutes off my marathons now. Um, the past one, you know, like you know, I felt like I was really primed for one, like a flat, fast course after a 325 marathon, and I ran it in like 321 or something, and you know, it was really disappointing, and I felt like I had kind of hit this little plateau where mm-hmm. I wasn't like I, you know, I wasn't seeking out a change, but but at the point where I was, I was like, well, what I'm doing, staying with how things are, probably isn't going to get me to take 10 or 15 more minutes off my time. Right. So you know, so why not just try something else? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. Um, and when you first started with the, uh, you know, vegetarian, did you did you find that there was anything that you really struggled with at first um, that you that you found really hard to balance, especially with the running? 
You know, I didn't have too much trouble. Um, I I did I didn't really realize it at the time, but I did a pretty good job of uh, transitioning pretty slowly. Like, I'm actually now vegan, and I think had I gone vegan right then off the bat, I would have had a tremendous drop in the number of calories I was eating, um, just because I wouldn't have really known that much about how to get sufficient calories as a vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I was eating all kinds of cheese and pizza and and all like the fake meat substitutes and things at the time just because I didn't I I didn't really know what else you did eat like what else what else there was how to get your calories right and and I'm glad because you know that allowed me to keep those calories up and still take in some food and it probably wasn't the healthiest I mean I don't think it was the healthiest stuff at all now Mm -hmm. um but you know that allowed me to to keep getting the protein because dairy has a lot of protein it's not I don't think it's a great source but it did let me keep getting that Mm -hmm. um a lot of calories from that too so, you know, I didn't really struggle with anything. And, like, the improvements really started to come right away, and I just kind of kept doing what I was doing. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's great, and it actually leads into a question that I was going to ask later is, um, you know, for, for people that are thinking about going vegetarian or want to start, you know, would your advice be to kind of jump right in cold turkey or to kind of gradually transition? Um, and I guess you kind of answered that question, but probably a little bit more in terms of, I guess, the way I was thinking of it is, you know, should you start off with just eating more a vegetarian diet and still including, you know, normal meats and those type of things? Or should you just say, I'm going to do it and, and start doing some research about those things that you can eat? Right. And, and that's a tough question uh, because people do tend to be different. Like some people really, and I was this type, are the type that want to, when they get a new idea, a new goal, they want to just go all the way right away. Um, for some reason, I didn't do that with vegetarianism. I actually had spent, before I decided to even go vegetarian, I cut out the red meat from my diet. Um, and I, what I actually did was said I'm going to stop eating four-legged animals for, you know, just for as long as I feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went for like a year like that. And then I said, okay, I'm ready to actually just go vegetarian. And again, that was all ethical stuff. I just didn't really like eating those kind of animals. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that allowed me to, to do it in that way versus you know, it, that's, that made it a little bit different from my normal tendency of like trying to jump all the way in and go cold turkey with stuff. And since then, I've learned so much about um, how how we change habits and how we make changes. And now I'm a total believer that, that even when you feel like making a big, drastic, all-at-once change, it's probably best to you know have some restraint and set out a plan to do it over a long period of time because it's you know, those big changes, they work for a little while and then willpower runs out, as everyone is, you know, points out nowadays, that, that mm-hmm. it's like an expendable resource. Um, so, you know, a plan that that's involves a bunch of small changes at kind of planned spots, like maybe, you know, every, maybe after a month you would, maybe for a month you'd eat no four-legged animals. Then, mm-hmm. after, then the next month eat, eat no, cut out the, the chickens and turkeys, two-legged animals. And then, then you'll be left with just fish and vegetables, and that's a pretty healthy diet there. Right. Uh, but if you know if there's an ethical reason for going further with it, then you know cut up the fish too, well, yep. like I did. So yeah, no, yeah no. I'm, I'm I'm a total fan of that kind of change now. Um, doing things with you know very small changes rather than rather than big ones all at once. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic advice because I'm like you in a lot of ways. When I kind of set my mind to something, I'm like 100% all in, and and I know a lot of runners are like that too, especially when yeah. it comes to and I'm sure you've seen it comes to training where they're like, oh, I want to, and you probably did this actually for your first marathon, oh, I want to run a marathon, and you start running 40 miles a week when you never have run before at all, you know, and um, so I'm glad to know that, you know, I think that's the gradual transition is is probably the way to go for people. Um, When you first started, what were some of the the biggest myths that you, uh, that you had had in your mind about, you know, what it was like, what it was to be a vegetarian, 
Um, and then, you know, what were some of those some of those big myths that you now know are, are definitely false? Yeah, well, one we mentioned already, uh, or at least it's kind of been in the background here, the idea that that just it's, it's a very pervasive idea, and I didn't even realize that I believed it, but it was kind of just like you can't be a vegetarian and also be performing well in sports. Like it just – I had this idea. I just didn't know of, of vegetarian athletes, and they were out there. They were – like Scott Jurek is, is the – Example everyone cites now, you know, one of the greatest ultra runners ever, really, mm -hmm. um, completely vegan, and you know, I just didn't know about him. Like ultra running is kind of a not really a mainstream sport, so even as a runner and someone who was into marathons, I didn't really, and never heard of him. Right. Um, so I, you know, I hadn't seen these examples, and I, I just thought that there weren't really vegetarian athletes who excelled. Maybe I heard of like Tony Gonzalez from in the NFL that that he, I, I probably heard that on the news or something, but mm -hmm. you know, I just thought you couldn't do it. So that was that was like the, the biggest thing. Once I started experiencing these results and seeing that I was actually getting faster mm -hmm. um, and, and seemed to be recovering better too, um, that 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 kind of got rid of that myth for me, which was good. I still had some questions about long term. I said, well, maybe it's just taking me a couple years before my body starts to shut down from lack of protein or something. But right. <laughs> um, I, I did eventually learn that that wasn't going to happen, and, and I've seen it not happen now. So that was the big myth. Um, Speaking of protein, though, that's the other one. Like, you can't get enough protein, or even that protein is the hardest part of a vegetarian or vegan diet. Um, I mean, if if you're eating all this, you know, pure junk food, then then yeah, you'll probably be deficient in protein and a bunch of other stuff too. But you know, as far as protein, like, I don't really think of it as a big focus of my diet. Like, I I, I do try to make sure that in every meal or snack, I have something that's that I consider protein rich in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I won't generally try to eat a plate of pasta with red sauce as a meal because you know I want to add in like beans or something that is a little bit more protein rich right but even like even whole grain pasta isn't terribly low in protein right now if you're talking about paleo diet type standards where I don't know maybe maybe they that might be 40% of calories supposed to come from protein something up there like that I mean that's that's tough to do with a vegan or vegetarian diet but there's a lot of research and and I also just think that I think the body can run pretty well on a lot of different nutrient mixes. So I've seen people I talk to athletes all the time who get 10 to 15 percent of their calories from protein, and you know they're they're elites. They're they're some of the best in their sport. And I'm talking about endurance sports here. I think there probably are higher protein needs for for more things like bodybuilding, especially. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know I, I don't think we need as much protein as people tend to think. And I think you can do fine with a higher protein diet, but I think you can also do just fine with a lower protein diet. Right. So that was another big one. That you know has not been a problem. Um, and the last big myth that I really had, you know, believed at the time was that as a vegetarian, you really didn't eat anything other than like you know basically salads and raw fruits and vegetables. Like I thought that was kind of just it. I couldn't really imagine. It was just hard to think about what else you would eat during right. the day. Um, but you know now it's just such second nature, and like I feel like the meals I eat are completely the same as so many meals I used to eat. It's just they're missing the meat. But, I mean, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I'm not, it's not to say that I'm eating the same meals with just the meat removed. I'm, what I mean is it's still a full, hearty meal that I'm eating. It just mm -hmm. happens to be one that doesn't have meat in it. So Right. No, I know what you're um, saying. <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned grains, and there are all kinds of grains that people don't eat. You know, people just eat wheat for the most part, in, in the United States especially. But there are so many other grains out there that, that are have higher protein contents, um, gluten-free, you know, all, all, whatever you want from different grains, um, beans, fruits, nuts, you can make nut butters out of nuts, you can make hummus out of beans, um, 
you know, I mean, it's hard. I'm not listing a bunch of foods here, but I mean, if you go in the produce aisle of a grocery store, you probably don't realize it, but you're you're ignoring 75% of the foods in there and right. just picking out the three or four that you kind of are used to eating. But like once you're kind of forced to eat that and you start going to farmer's markets and pretty much buying whatever there is and trying it, you just kind of discover all these different foods that, that you know, most people will never eat in their life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not to say that eating a variety is necessarily better than eating the same healthy stuff every single day, but mm-hmm. at least I discovered that there were all these different foods out there and it wasn't like you're just eating lettuce leaves and carrots for your for your dinner. Right, right. No, I mean, I know where you're coming from because I, I think th- those are definitely three of the myths that I kind of had going in, you know, probably five or ten years ago when I first heard about being a vegetarian and I would laugh and say, well, what are you, you're just eating carrots and iceberg lettuce, you know? <laughs> right. Um, so, that, so that makes sense. Um, going back to the protein um, uh, issue, you know, there's a lot of talk about kind of the complete proteins and the incomplete proteins and how it's, you know, some people believe that it's impossible to, to be a vegetarian and get a lot of those complete proteins that come in with the meats. Um, you know, how do you approach that challenge um, in your diet? That's a good question. Um, a lot of people take supplements for, like amino acid supplements. I don't, um, but I do take a protein powder. I guess you would call that a supplement, but it's pretty much whole food based. Um, mm-hmm. But if you blend pea, rice, and hemp proteins, those three, um, they form a complete amino acid profile. So that's that's one way of getting it. Um, that's only one meal a day, of course. But right, um, rice and beans are known as as a complete protein meal. And the other important thing, and this isn't something that I'm totally sure what the you know current consensus is, but I, I had up until the past year, I had heard the idea that this idea of complete proteins, yes, it's important. You do need to get all the amino acids, but you don't need to be getting them all in a single meal. Um, so as long as you're getting them, I think what I heard them was throughout the course of the week, as long as you're getting the correct you know ratios of, of one to another or getting adequate amounts of each essential amino acid, then then you're fine. Now that was kind of what I that's sort of what I still live by, and I I do happen to eat rice and beans pretty frequently, so that's another meal that that is a complete protein meal on its own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I read recently in a nutrition book an idea about that you know that there was some truth to this eating all the complete eat, eating all the amino acids in one meal that it that it was important, and I haven't seen it that much anywhere else, so I'm not I'm not sure if it's completely true or not, but uh, it is something to think about. But yeah, I okay. mean it's like. Proteins are only different as far as what their amino acids are, as far mm-hmm. as I know. Right. So if you do make sure that you're getting all those amino acids, ideal from whole foods, ideally from whole foods and not from supplements, then you know you can essentially replicate the protein in a meat-based diet. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't. I mean, it's it's hard. Basically, the answer is it's hard to get them all at one time, with the exception of a few meals or some supplements. But I think, you know, getting them, eating a wide variety of foods, that, that's kind of one of my big keys that that for me ensures that I'm going to start, I'm not going to get stuck in a rut where I'm not eating a certain amino acid or a certain vitamin or whatever, just because I'm eating so much different stuff that, mm-hmm. that it, you know, it, it's pretty much has to, has to hit everything. Right. No, that was very helpful. Um, if, you, if you don't mind, I know this is always an individual question, but I know my readers are going to ask, um, you know, what is, what is the supplement that you, you said you take a protein powder? What is that? Uh, what is the one that you take? What's the brand and name? There are actually a few of them. Um, one is called Vega, V-E-G-A. It's a, it's I've heard of it. A company that, yeah, Brendan Brazier was a, uh, a pro triathlete, and he was a vegan, and he's since gone on to be um, involved with this with this company, Vega, and I think he may have even founded it, but he at least formulates all the supplements. Um, so that's one of them. It's it's not cheap, so a lot of times I'll, I'll pick like a, a cheaper one. There's one that's called, I think it's called Life Basics. If you Google like 
Life Basics, pea rice, um, hemp, and chia protein. And actually, there's chia seeds in there too. Okay. That one is much cheaper, and you can get it on Amazon. I'm not sure that the quality is quite the same. Um, I'm pretty sure that it's not, but um, it's much, much cheaper. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times what I'll also do is just get a hemp protein from, from like GNC. Uh, yep. I, think that, I think it's – I know Nutiva makes one and blanking on the other name of the other brand. But that mixed with like the GNC's um, – no, I'm, I'm saying GNC, but I mean Vitamin Shop. Sorry. Oh, okay. okay. Um, their, uh, Vitamin Shop has like a, a soy-free – protein powder, vegetable blend protein powder that, that I sometimes mix the hemp with and, and get pretty close to what I'm trying to do. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I know I noticed that with, with protein supplements too. It's, it's always tempting to go with the cheapest brand or the cheapest one that you find, but usually yeah. the quality is 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 so terrible that it's not even worth the, the, the lesser cost because you're just getting so much less quality, right. which is tough because mm-hmm. it can get expensive. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've touched on it a little bit here, but... Um, you know, now that you've you know you've been a vegetarian for a while and you've and you've been an athlete for a while, what are what are some of the the challenges that you still face, if any? Um, you know, and I guess now that you're vegan as well, um, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of the challenges that you still face, kind of in your daily or, or weekly kind of diet with with trying to to train hard? Yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge of being vegan is is totally unrelated to sports, and it's just the idea of that that it's tough to go out to eat to a restaurant and enjoy it. It's tough to go to a party and eat the food that's at that party. I mean, you pretty much need to adjust your lifestyle. It's tough to eat food on the road, like to go. You can't stop at a fast food restaurant and get anything substantial at all. And not not that that's a good thing to do, but before I was vegetarian, I would I would stop once or twice a month at fast food places. Right. And it's a lot know, easier from a planning perspective. <laughs> yes. So, so you have to plan a lot more. It's just it's just kind of more of an inconvenience. But I don't want that to sound like a totally bad thing because the the plus side of that inconvenience is that you. You know, once or twice a month now, I don't go to fast food when I used to, and that mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a lot, but but over three or four years, that's a lot of fast food trips that I haven't done. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that's the biggest one, but it's not really related to training so much. Related to training, I'd say the biggest thing is just total calorie intake, and getting enough, um, you know, day in day out, without it being super expensive. We talked about the price of good supplements. I mean, you can you you can get all kinds of great health, like go to Whole Foods, um, stores like that, and stock up and get tons and tons of good quality calories, but it'll cost you $500 for a week of food. Mm-hmm. So it's been in, it's been in, my biggest challenge has been making sure that I do eat enough um, without, without it being, it, it's very tempting just to add tons of olive oil to hummus or add tons of olive oil to every pasta dish I eat to, mm-hmm. to put the calories on there. Um, so, you know, getting enough calories, but, but not making them all fat, or, you know, trying to just keep a good balance and still get a lot of calories. So my solution really has been just eat a lot more. Like I'll, I'll eat as many servings as I want. I'll even try to eat like at dinner. I'll eat, if I'm kind of on the fence between that first and second, you know, getting seconds or getting or not getting it, I, I generally will make a point of actually doing it just to, to get another three or 400 calories in then. Mm-hmm. And so it hasn't been a problem. It's just, it's just something that I do have to focus on and, and pay attention to. Right, right. No, that that's helpful, and and I think it's great advice for people that you know to to make sure that those calories stay up because I see that being the big issue. A lot of people, even that aren't trying to be vegetarian, but it just in general, they just aren't eating enough to support their caloric needs when they're when they're yeah. training hard. And, and that's, uh, that's a huge when people do go vegetarian or vegan. Like a lot of people will try it for months, and then they they will find they feel terrible, and they say, "Well, it didn't work. Being vegan was doesn't work. You can't. You don't. You know. You don't recover. You can't keep up that level of activity." The problem with so many people, and this is another reason why 
kind of easing into it is good. Mm -hmm. When you just all of a sudden go vegan, if you if you just took the meat and cheese out of your diet and didn't replace it with a lot of other stuff and put some thought into what you were replacing with replacing mm -hmm. it with, you know, you're gonna have a twenty or thirty percent drop in calories perhaps. And, right. Uh, you know that that alone will will certainly derail your training, regardless of what kind of food it is. No, absolutely. And uh, and going back to your point about the expense, I mean, I've I've had that gripe for because you know when I was training competitively, I was eating sometimes four or five thousand calories a day, and mm. it just gets so expensive to try to eat healthy. At some point, I'm, I was just like, I just need to eat the cheapest thing, or I'm going to go broke. You know, so <laughs> I really wish yep. they would like subsidize Twinkies and make Twinkies six dollars and okay. and a uh, you know. An apple, like one a thing I've 50 cents. About recently. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, um, no bad. One, one good thing I've learned about, about recently, and this was mentioned in the book Born to Run, mm -hmm. um, is the idea that one of the coaches in that book suggested eating like a poor person. That was his, his diet strategy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and th to me, that's you know th that actually works really well. Like rice and beans and grains and lentils, and that stuff is is such good. As far as vegan food goes, that is that's terrific sources of protein and, and good quality carbohydrates. And you can get that in the block section of a store for, for who knows how much, a dollar a pound, some of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's very, very cheap for some of that food. So that, that uh, you know, you, it's, I don't want people to get the idea that you have to spend a lot of money to eat healthy as a vegan or as any, as any type of diet. I mean, you, you really don't. You can, I've heard you should eat like a poor person, but not like a very poor person. <laughs> not, like, make sure you get enough calories, actually. Yeah. No, you know, I'm, I'm glad you clarified that because I, I think you're right. I think if you do it the right way, and you're right, if you go and buy, you know, the beans and stuff like that, 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 that can be very cheap, um, yeah. if, you know, especially if you're buying them in bulk. Um, yeah. And so can fast food, unfortunately. That's, that's one of the cheapest sources of calories there are. <laughs> um, so you kind of have to, you know, make that qualifier, too. You can't do fast food. Right, that's true. Um, so, for people that are kind of just getting started and, and becoming vegetarians, you know, what's some of the best advice that that you feel like you could give them? Um, you know, I guess my best advice would be, to, and it's going to vary depending on who the person is. But if you're like me, you know, the best advice I could have had back then is, don't worry about the idea like I can never eat a hamburger again, or I love buffalo chicken wings so much I can't believe I can never eat those again, because um, you know that kind of thinking. Like then, when the craving comes up for that, if if you're thinking not only can I not have it now, but I can't have it ever in my life again, you know that that's going to be really tough to deal with, and it's very likely that that in a moment of weakness, then you will go get that burger or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, treat it as a little trial, like a like a fun thing, and say for the next ten days I'm going to eat this way, or for the next ten days I'm going to eat this way, even you know before five and then after five o'clock I'll eat whatever I want mm -hmm. um, but just you know if you're the type of person who likes challenging yourself and, and trying little self experiments things like that which it seems like a lot of people are, are these days um, you know give yourself a 10 days on it and see how you feel at the end of that and know that if you made it to the end of the 10 days then you reach your goal and you can eat whatever you want at that point um, and you know and kind of let the results dictate what you do next what I did was went 10 days on a very nearly vegan diet I was actually eating some fish at the time but that was still a big difference from what I was doing, and uh, I felt so great after those ten days. I mean, I just immediately felt more energy and and better. Like at, after dinner, I would feel kind of you know I'd want to like go do something, whether it was go for a run or that's when I started my blog, or, you know, work on my blog stuff mm -hmm. like that. And before I always kind of wanted to just kind of pass out after dinner or like have a beer and then go to bed. Um, so you know, after that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this again, and I'm gonna do it for thirty days this time. And again, that put a deadline on there, so it was like if I don't like this. It doesn't mean I fail if I decide to quit after that point. Because mm -hmm. you know, I didn't 
want, I didn't want going back to the foods that I used to love to be a failure. I just wanted to have, you know, give a little trial. So right. my best advice would be treat it, you know, if you have those kinds of apprehension about it, then uh, just set a little deadline and make it do a challenge and, and, you know, be religious about it for that short period, but then know that after that you can choose to do what you want. Wow, that was that was fantastic. I, I think uh, I, I mean that was that was really awesome. I appreciate you sharing that. Sure. Um, and and kind of a couple more questions, but uh, you know your your blog, No Meat Athlete, is is a fantastic resource. I, I love reading it, uh, and I'm hey. not I'm not a vegetarian, um, but I still love the articles that you post, and I, I just enjoy reading hey. about it. Um, but what are some of the resources that that you go to uh, in terms of you know when you were first starting and even now? Um, what are some of your favorite resources? Uh, I mentioned Brendan Brazier earlier. He has a couple books out. Uh, one is called Thrive, and uh, he's, since then he's written more like one's called Thrive Fitness and one's called Thrive Foods. Uh, that's really good stuff. Like Thrive is a, is a great kind of introduction to a plant-based diet mm -hmm. for athletes because he, like I said, was a pro triathlete at the Ironman distance. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I think he had the, I think he held the Canadian 50k record for a while. Maybe even still, I don't know. So okay. he, was, he was a good runner too. Um, and that's that's like you know a good glimpse into what a really serious vegan athlete eats. And it's it's a lifestyle that me as a as a dad and having a you know a wife and a toddler, it's kind of it's not the type of food that we can eat every day. Like that's that's serious a lot of high raw meals, um not you know, definitely no fake chicken tender chicken tenders on there, which like everyone's <laughs> when my son is in the mood for it. Usually he eats it and we don't, but you know, everyone's not we'll have one too. Um so it's not like I wouldn't say it's a lifestyle that, that that I got from that, but it taught me about how you do this and where you know how energy works and it's kind of kind of sort of going against a lot of the stuff that I had previously learned and, and kind of talked about how linked our hormones are to our energy levels and and the amount of weight and fat that our body holds on to uh, and how food determines how much stress your body feels and how that plays into it all. So, I mean, that was mm -hmm. just a really, really good read, and that's where I really started to learn some things. Um, Michael Pollan is an author. He's kind of a food author. He wrote a book called In Defense of Food that really talks a lot about the benefits of whole foods and the idea of just, not, not the store, but you know, eating foods in their natural whole state mm -hmm. as opposed to processed foods and just whether you eat meat or not. And I think Michael Pollan actually does eat a little bit of meat, but that the whole concept of just eating foods as close to their natural state as possible and how your body handles the nutrition in foods so much better that way versus if you try to pull out the omega-3s from something and fortify something else with them. Right. Um, but your body doesn't know how to handle that and it, it hasn't evolved to, to handle that because the you know the, a food is complete and we've evolved to eat these foods as they are because one part of the food helps us absorb another part of the food. So his ideas were really, really big for me. Um, other things I, you know, I read blogs like Zen Habits, that's one of my favorites. Leo is a friend of mine and he's also a vegan and he's also a marathoner. He doesn't write that much about, um, those topics. He writes all kinds of different topics, but right. he does occasionally write about those. Mm -hmm. But for lifestyle stuff, like, I, I love that. Um, and then the other things, these aren't really current things I read now, but the, the big ones that I learned from Chris Carmichael, who was Lance Armstrong's trainer for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, his book was was kind of one I paid a lot of attention to at, at first because he recommends a pretty high carbohydrate diet, which mm -hmm. um, a lot of endurance athletes eat, but that is different from from this the newer paleo idea that so many people do now. Mm -hmm. So you know, looking at Chris Carmichael's kind of guidelines and trying to make the vegetarian diet fit with those, that was really helpful to me because it gave me some kind of foundation, like a, a little some structure to what I was doing. Because you know, I didn't really know 
what what a vegetarian athlete diet was then. Like I just didn't know that. Like I said, that people were really out there doing it. Um, Scott Jurek, like I mentioned, he has a book out that, that's great. Uh, some good recipes in there. Rich Roll is another mm-hmm. vegan and ultra distance triathlete. Uh, he he has a good book about a lot of good stuff like that. So you know those guys all have all kinds of good stuff to say. And there are plenty of women too. Hilary Biscay is a vegetarian triathlete. She writes a good blog. Um, and there are you know plenty more if you look for them. Yeah, oh, those are those are tremendous resources, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned them all because I think people listening to this podcast are are obviously really interested in this subject and definitely giving them more resources to check out. So, um, so obviously we talk, uh, you know, we mentioned your website, No Meat Athlete, um, and then you know you, we we talked a little bit about this before, but you're writing a book that's coming out this fall. Um, what's what's the the in t- the title, or if it's a working title, what's what's yeah. the title, and talk a little bit about it. Um. Fairly sure the title is going to be No Meat Athlete. That'll be the main title. Um, there will be some sort of subtitle that that's currently being worked on by the the powers that be. They're trying to figure out, you know, what how best to say what. <laughs> but it's it's pretty much a distillation of what uh, my blog has been about for the past four years. Um, so it's the first half of the book is entirely about nutrition mm-hmm. and kind of how you make the transition to a vegetarian diet and a vegan diet if you're not yet. Uh, how you avoid the pitfalls. I mean, many of the topics we've talked about. Okay. Important things, you know, guidelines for healthy eating, a bunch of recipes, and then there's the second section, which is all about, mainly about running. Um, mm-hmm. Has a couple of training plans in there, all the running concepts that I learned when I was dealing with injury and figuring out, you know, how to become a runner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so people who have never run before, you know, it, it, it helps you get started, helps you form a habit out of running. We talked about habit change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that kind of stuff is all in there. So it, it's about... It's about the, the diet and the fitness side of it. it. touches a little bit on other sports besides running, not all that much. Um, but, you know, I, I can't talk about those too much because I don't do that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so great. So we'll, we'll throw up some links to your to your site. And, and again, for, for those that missed it, it's nomeatathlete.com. And uh, it's a tremendous resource. Definitely check it out. Um, and Matt, I really want to thank you so much for being so gracious with your time today and, and really sharing your knowledge with us. This was a great interview. Absolutely, it's been fun, and I'm happy to happy to spread the word, and hope you know a few people will just just try out this diet. That's that's kind of the, the message I hope people take home is that you can you can just try it for a couple of days and see see how it goes. So awesome! Thank you very much. Thanks, Matt.